Speaking of Alabama, how about their wide receiver, Devonta Smith? He's not a quarterback, right? He's a wide receiver. He won the Heisman? Yeah. First, what? It was the first non um, quarterback or wide receiver to win the award since Charles Woodson. And the first wide, what? yeah, and the first wide receiver to win the award since Desmond Howard. It's ins- I thought this has turned. I thought the Heisman Trophy has turned into solely a quarterback award. But yes, to Rowdy's point, there for nearly three decades, wide receivers have failed to win the Heisman Trophy, and that ended last night when Devonta Smith was presented the award during a yes virtual. Ceremony. Uh, he's now the third Alabama player to claim the college football's most prestigious award. And what Nelly just said, the first receiver to win it since Michigan's Desmond Howard in 1991. Uh, so he beat out Mac Jones, Alabama's quarterback, who, I don't know, what's your t- – Mac Jones? If, if you put Mac Jones in any other team besides Alabama, like, is he good? I mean, I know he's a good player, but is he is he in the Heisman race if he's on any other team? But not named like Alabama or Ohio State. Yeah, I saw some stats about Mac Jones. How obviously he was really good this year. Yeah, he was in the, he was but in the top five for the Heisman. He's there, but he's on Alabama. And it was something about I think they were comparing him to it was another quarterback. I can't remember, but it was one of the good ones in college. Talking about like um, when there were pressure, it was when you know, there was pressure on him, and when the receivers were tightly uh, covered, his numbers were not even near as close as the quarterback they're comparing him to it i can't remember who it was it might have been zach wilson from byu okay um were we, we were just talking about zach wilson i think yesterday oh all right so the other one that uh devonta beat out here devonta smith beat out was mac jones just talking about trevor lawrence trevor lawrence kind of had a down not down but down for him and he missed games because of covid19 yeah that was one where i was actually kind of surprised that he was even invited to the ceremony like what it, he didn't do I mean, he, didn't he didn't play, play the whole lot. season. He didn't play a couple of the bigger games that year. And like he finished second in voting. Yeah, he he didn't even play the first Notre Dame game because no. he was out with COVID. Did he miss two or three games with COVID? It was something like that. I think that. it was two. The The biggest story I remember about Trevor Lawrence was, was that female reporter that was criticizing his mustache. You remember hearing like that happened like last week, two weeks ago? This reporter forgot to uh, put her, her computer on mute and started just ripping apart Trevor Lawrence's mustache. And he's like, well, this is awkward. And then had to talk about it. Uh, and then yeah, they- I think the only other bigger story than that maybe at the time was when uh, he was on the sideline with his team <laughs> while he had COVID. Without a mask on. Yeah. And when then everyone made a big deal. Why is he in South Bend? Yeah. Why does he? Why is he on the sideline? Why doesn't he have a mask on? <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one in the Heisman candidacy was uh, Florida's Kyle Trask. So Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Trask, and then Devonta Smith. And Kyle Trask had a really good season, especially when it when it came to throwing touchdowns and uh, interception ratio. Yeah. And I know that this isn't supposed to be a thing, but uh, his bowl game against Oklahoma, oof, you can't unsee that. Oof. I'm probably gives it the old oof. Yeah, so looking at this for, um, which I thought was always going to be now a, a quarterback award. The vote totals, Devonta Smith had 447 first-place points. Trevor Lawrence had 222. Mac Jones, 138. Then Kyle Trask, uh, 61. Well, he was the rightful winner, in my opinion, too. I mean, he was the best player in college football this year. He leads FBS in receptions, 105. Receiving yards, 1,641. Receiving touchdowns, he had 20. And he has dropped – check this out. This is the crazy set. He has dropped only two passes all season. Wow. Six foot one, 175 pounds, best wide receiver in the game, and the first wide receiver to win the Heisman since 1991. Yeah, and that just speaks to how good that Alabama receiving core was last year. Oh, we were just talking off air a little bit about, you know, Devontae Smith winning that Heisman Award, a wide receiver, the first one to do it since 91. And we were, then we were talking about Mac Jones. Like, would Mac Jones be good on a team not named Alabama? Because then, Rowdy, you were listening off their wide receivers. Well, yeah. and Who's Devontae Smith behind? Their, their last two years for wide receivers, you had Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs III. Those <laughs> are both first-round picks. Yeah. Those were the projected top two out of three wide receivers in last year's 
I don't know, the most decorated wide receiver draft in like 30 years yeah. or whatever it was supposed to be. And then you look at this year, you have Devontae Smith who wins the Heisman. And you have Jalen Waddle, who's also a, project, a projected high draft pick before he broke his ankle this season. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, you look at his, his offensive line, Oh, they're pretty good. Yeah. And then you look at the running back, Najee Harris. Uh, Najee Harris. He finished fifth, I believe, in the... Uh... Yep. So then we were talking, it's like, okay, Mac Jones. Mac Jones, no wonder he's good. Look at all the wide receivers he has. All Look at all the weapons he has. And then we were trying to think of, like, can you name the last good Alabama quarterback who amounted to something in the NFL? So we're looking at the list. And, and w- my response was the only two I can come up with are, what, Bart Starr and, and Joe, Joe Namath. Namath. All right, so let me read it off to you. Mac Jones, obviously, right now. Before that, Tua take of Iola. Jury's out on him. He, he looks like he'd be good. At times, he looked decent this year. At other times, not so much. Uh, Jalen Hurts, can you? I guess you could call him a played in Bama quarterback. Played in less than a handful of games. Blake Barnett in 2016. Nope. Cooper Bateman. Nope. Jake Coker. Nope. Blake Sims. Nope. Then you got to go to 2011 to 2013. AJ McCarron. Career backup. Uh, Greg McElroy before him. Back up until until he retired. Now he's a commentator. This guy has three first names. John Parker Wilson. Not a bad college quarterback. Didn't do anything. Brody Croyle. He was a backup for a while. Mark uh, Goylin. Couldn't even tell you who that is. Spencer Pennington. Brandon Avalos. Tyler Watts. Andrew Zhao. John David Phillips. Lance Tucker. Then you go to, you'll know this name from 95 to 97. Freddie Kitchens, Brian Bergdorf. I think you can stop. <laughs> let me let me just get to 1990. Jay Barker, Danny Woodson, then Gary Hollingsworth. Like some of those guys were decent college quarterbacks. Yeah, but none of them really amounted to anything. Because how many pros. times do you see a guy get a Heisman, like a quarterback get a Heisman award, and then they go on to do diddly poo in the NFL? I don't know, but on that list that you named, not going to count Jalen Hurts and, and Tua just because. In my opinion, they're too early in yeah, their careers yeah, yeah. to really judge them. They could be good. But uh, A.J. McCarron and probably uh, Brody Croyle had the best um, <laughs> NFL careers, and that's being a career backup. Well, didn't A.J. McCarron, isn't the best thing A.J. McCarron uh, got was uh, that, that wife he snagged? Oh, the one where, where um, Brent, Brent Musburger was like salivating over yes. in the stands. He's like, oh, oh, look at that lady. Oh, my God. I, what I would give to get with her, I'd give my left nut. Like, Brent, calm down, dude. Like, let's chill out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Brody Croyle played in the NFL from 06 to 2012 as a backup. Oh, 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 oh. All right, so I guess, you know, some of these guys that have won the Heisman have gone on to have success. Um, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow was looking the part until he – Season ended. Also, a lot of a lot of Alabama quarterbacks, three name guys. Uh, yeah, there's like a lot of like, boom, boom. John David Wilson, John or John Philip Wilson. There's there's John lot, Brody Croyle. Yeah, there's a lot of three name guys. Three name guys don't have a good history. No, and they always kind of give off these weird vibes too. Like three name guys, it's like something ain't right with you. It's like something ain't right with you, man. <laughs> three three name people, not a, not a, not a great history in Alabama football. And just United yeah. States history. Yeah, I know. If you got a three names, you're not you're 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 usually not known for something good. <laughs> it's like, oh god, that guy. All right, so uh, let's just look at some of the Heisman the Heisman winners here, Rowdy. And uh, I know it's kind of early for some of them. Uh, Joe Burrow was looking okay till he got hurt. Kyler Murray looks pretty good so far. Right? Yeah, he he got hurt. They were up in that last game of the the season against the Rams. Yeah, they needed to win that game or have a Chicago Bears. I think, no, they needed to have that yeah, win. Yeah, they needed to win. They jumped out to a 7 nothing lead, and then Kyler Murray left with an injury. Yeah, he got pretty knocked up the game before, too. Lost 18, what was it, 18-7? to Yeah, uh, before Kyler Murray won, then it was Baker Mayfield, where the Browns are in the playoffs for the first time in, God, forever. And now, and I want to talk about the Browns coming up, it is trouble in Browntown right now, as their head coach and a lot of other people have COVID-19. I don't even know if their coach is going to be able to go. I think that COVID-19 COVID tracing list drag racing yeah, drag racing in trouble now. Um, I think it was their, I think it was their special teams assistant coach is now going to have to fill in as head coach. It was something like that. Uh, so before Baker Mayfield won Lamar Jackson hoist the Heisman trophy. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, and I think Alex Van Pelt is going to be calling the plays, <laughs> man. Well, Lamar Jackson. I mean, obviously with the MVP last year, uh, did a little regression this year, but you know, he's a pretty good player. Derrick Henry, 
Heisman winner, he's pretty good. And then it gets a little loose after this, Rowdy. Marcus Mariota, 2014. What do you think? Yeah. (laughs) Jameis Winston, 2013. Johnny Manziel, 2012. Hey, he's he's restarting his career in the new seven-on-seven league. (laughs) Yeah, he is. You're right. The only league he's not banned from. How much do you think they're paying people to play in the seven-on-seven league? Like $20 a game? Yeah, in these in these trying and unprecedented times, yeah, twenty bucks. Like, it's not like I doubt you could have fans of this thing. I guess it depends where you play. Uh, before Johnny Manziel, then Robert Griffin the uh, third. What was he? Rookie of the year for the rookie for of the Washington? year until his until knee his, problems. Until Mr. Glass uh, before twenty ten, Cam Newton. That was you know he's he was Cam good Newton was good his until career. his body started giving out on him. Mark Ingram Jr. two thousand nine. Mark Ingram's had a nice career in the NFL. Sam Bradford two thousand and eight. The kids call him Mister Glass. Also couldn't stay healthy. Your boy Rowdy Tim Tebow two thousand seven. Baseball player now. Uh, Troy Smith two thousand six. Ooh, how about so? Did you see that Urban Meyer might go to the NFL? Yeah, and they're talking about how he wants twelve million. Yeah, we were talking about it yesterday. Okay, hear me out. Conspiracy theory. He goes to Jacksonville, yeah. and they finally sign Tim Tebow. With Tim Tebow they and bring, Urban Meyer. The boys him, are back together. They bring him out of retirement. They well, flip him from baseball back to football. Man. Oh, I forgot. He could I, do worse than the quarterbacks that currently have. I forgot I had someone on hold. I apologize. Are you still there? Hello? Charlie? Hey. Kid, I'm sorry. I forgot that I had you on hold for the last, like, 20 minutes. What's up, dude? That's all right. What's up? I watched the bowling game on YouTube. All right, well, hang on, Charlie. You keep watching that. Hang on. And then 2005, there was Rowdy. I hate. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Nobody won the Heisman in 2005. It's vague. There's it, no one won it. They decided that was, didn't the didn't the person that was supposed to win it wear number five for the USC Trojans? I I don't. I think so. But uh, he also dated a Kardashian. Yeah, and I think his mom got like a bunch of like cool cars and some houses and stuff. Drafted by the Saints. Yeah. If I, I don't think he, like, I feel like he played in college, and I feel like he won this award, but the NCAA and everyone else tells me that it actually never happened. I I think they wanted to give it to Reggie Bush, but Reggie Bush was like, you know what, I'm just going to sit out of college and wait to get drafted by the Saints. I think that's what happened. Reggie Bush, he had a pretty good, uh, I don't know, did he have a college career? Did Reggie Bush have a college career, Rowdy? It's not in any book. <laughs> Reggie Bush wins in 2005. Uh, Matt Leinart in 04. We'll just go to 2000. Jason White in 2003. The Jeans, Jason, Jason White. The Geneco Jeans. Oklahoma's quarterback. Uh, Carson Palmer. Oh, he was like one of the guy. He was like one of the few Heisman Trophy winners not to ever be drafted. It, really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he wasn't drafted, and he really didn't play NFL football. Yeah, so Jason White was not selected in the 2005 NFL draft and did not receive a tryout from any NFL team for the first several weeks post-draft free agency. Crazy. White became the only Heisman Trophy winner to be unsuccessful in an attempt to play professional football. That's nuts. And just the third Heisman Trophy winner not to be drafted in the NFL. The myth is Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a great supporting cast. <clears throat> Rowdy, I know we talked about it briefly in the 6 o'clock hour. Is that myth a myth, or is it actually true that Rodgers does not have a great supporting cast? He's share, he sh- uh, shared the wealth so many times. What is 11 different receivers, I think, has now caught a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, 13 total if you, you know, throw in you know, the rushing game as well. But with Aaron Rodgers, is it a myth that he does not have a great supporting cast as they are now the number one seed in the NFC and are 13-3 and three and have home field advantage in the playoffs? I think it's, I think it's true. I don't think it's a myth. I think he does have a worse supporting cast. They say, okay, so let's, let's here's the here's the why it's wrong, why this myth is wrong, and let's see if we can break it down. The Packers have actually built a pretty awesome infrastructure around Rodgers. Devontae Adams has been nothing less than the best wide receiver in the league this season. Okay, that's true. No one's debating that. And Aaron Jones has turned into one of the most reliable running backs in the league. I think that's also a fair statement. It was a fourth in the NFL for rushing yards. That's pretty good. A lot of touchdowns. Are, are we debating that Aaron Jones is not a uh, reliable running back in the league? No, the last two seasons he's been reliable. We were talking okay. about how he's the best Aaron on the team. Yeah. Yeah, earlier in the season. Now it looks like it's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the next line. So right now, no one's arguing about Devontae Adams being the best. No one's arguing that Aaron Jones is not one of the most reliable backs in the league. 
The Packers' offensive line ranks first in pass block win rate and run block win rate. I think that's the most surprising thing for me this year with the Green Bay Packers. The fact that the line has been as good as it has with the losses that it suffered. And that's even before the season. Because we were talking about, man, signing signing Rick Wagner to that two-year deal. It looks like a, a decent deal if he can play at a somewhat of a serviceable level. Because you're replacing Brian Balaga, yeah. who is a great right tackle. Yeah. All of a sudden, you not only sign Rick Wagner, you draft John Runyon Jr. And then you basically had great play from every other veteran. Every other veteran that was asked to play, yeah, played well. Played well. Okay, yeah. so moving forward with the Packers having, you know, their offensive line ranks first in pass block win rate and run block win rate, which is huge because it's been a carousel, right? Everyone's been moving around. David Bakhtiari is done for the season. Um, obviously, you're never going to replace his production and what he brings and how good he is because Agent Sixty Nine is phenomenal. And I know it's just one game without him, but did did the Packers in that one game against the Bears miss David Bakhtiari? Um, I think they probably gave up a sack that they wouldn't have had he been there. But I mean, I mean, outside of that, I don't think the Packers yeah. really missed a beat without Bakhtiari. Well, I'll say that you know you've had injuries to Bakhtiari, you've had injuries to Corey Lindsley, you had injuries to Lane Taylor right away in the season, mm-hmm. and then other guys have been dinged up throughout the season. Obviously, the Lane Taylor, the Corey Lindsley, and the David Bakhtiari are were injuries and or were injuries that were for a longer period of time where you had to jumble this line for multiple weeks. And every single time so far that there's been an injury, the Packers have been able to sustain great offensive line play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to have anyone replace a Corey Lindsley or officially replace a David Bakhtiari when you're grabbing from your bench. <laughs> no. Because and- they're that good for a reason. <laughs> they're getting paid top dollar for a reason. Yep. But that the one guys sack when they, I mentioned was the only sack of the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I don't remember anything else. But really. the guys that they filled in there, whether it being veterans that they paid, and maybe at the time you thought they overpaid a little bit. Yeah. But that you can't argue with anything they've done. No, we just mentioned great. it. I think uh, going into that last week of the season, they were tied for the least amount of sacks given up, yeah. and that's yeah. with all the injuries. Yeah, yeah. and like, has, didn't Elton Jenkins play like every position on the line this year? Pretty, pretty, pretty close. close. Yeah, I think and it's he's not gotten, like you're dro- trotting Jason Spriggs out there anymore. Yeah, and you're asking. Yeah, the Bears are. You're asking a <laughs> sixth round pick and John Runyon Jr. multiple times in multiple games to go in there. Yep. He played well. You've jumbled. What is it? Lucas Patrick, Rick Wagner, yeah, Billy jumped, Turner. They've all everywhere, right? Obviously, you already mentioned Elkin Jenkins. I think they all played at least like two positions on yeah. the line this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been. Um, the Packers line has been very impressive. Just as, as they've battled through injuries, they've battled through a shifting everyone around. It's been a you know a musical chairs, and they've done awesome. Well, remember, I think it was last year the Packers offensive line was extremely good, yes. and I think it was the national pundit was Colin Coward that kept saying this line's not very good. And I know a lot of Packer fans are like, what is he talking about? This this is like a top 10 offensive line. There's a lot Belaga, of things. Belaga stayed healthy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Bakhtiari was a really good left tackle. Lindsley was a good center. And Elkin Jenkins was a guy that came in as a rookie and played really well at, at what was it, left guard? Yeah. Oh, and, he's played everywhere. Yeah, everywhere and, he's played has yeah. been good. You're kind of sitting there, like, scratch your head out of going, did Colin Coward really watch this offensive line well, Rowdy, really at all? Rowdy, well, he, now this he year, doesn't watch anything. you lost Balaga, who's a top 10 right tackle. You added Rick Wagner, which, if you look at pro football focus, was graded out as one of the lower right tackles in the league last year for starters. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oof. who? You don't even know who's going to win the job between <laughs> him and Billy Turner. Yeah. And you're asking Lane Taylor, a guy that you're going to have to come in and step in at right guard, to not only come in and step in, but take a pay cut. So how happy is he going to be? Yeah. All right, so they played well. We'll we'll keep the uh, conversation going about the Green Bay Packers. Better than last year. We're debunking this myth that Rodgers doesn't have a great supporting cast. Well, are we debunking it? I think right now we might be, as we're on the offensive line right now. No David Bakhtiari so far. I know it's only one game, but it didn't look like a problem. Will it be moving forward? Yes. You don't replace that production. But if anyone can do it, we've seen the Packers do it all year. Yeah. In this, it says the myth is Rodgers doesn't have a great supporting cast. And they say, well, you have you know, Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer. You have Devontae Adams, Hall of Famer. 
Then they talk about Aaron Jones being one of the most reliable running backs in the league. Okay, we're talking about skill positions, right? And then they dove into the offensive line and how it ranks first in pass block win rate and uh, first in run block win rate. And we were talking about it, and, you know, Bakhtiari, musical chairs have been great at it, you know, replacing guys who have been injured. And you said what about uh, supporting cast? Nobody and, considers anything outside of your skill players supporting cast. Right. And I'll agree with that. I agree with that, too. But but another uh, stat on that offensive line that wasn't mentioned, do you remember, I think it was around game 10-ish, where they started having more of the pro football focus talk and where they're kind of coming out during the year. Yeah. And every single, in that time, everyone was healthy on the line yeah. or no major injuries. Every single player on that Green Bay offensive line was ranked in the top 10 at their position. Yeah. That's incredible. That is incredible. Yeah. I mean, it, it helps a lot to have a very strong offensive line. Yeah, but when it comes to but skill pl- that, positions, yeah, that's, that's who your supporting cast that's everyone talks not about. your supporting cast. All right, so we're trying to dispel this, and they're saying why it's wrong. So Rodgers is there, Devontae Adams is there, Aaron Jones reliable, a good offensive line, and then they say this, Rodgers receivers lead the league in average yards of separation and average maximum speed on catches. Okay, well, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a freaking burner, but we saw him burn by the Chicago Bears defense uh, on Sunday, and then what happened with a sure touchdown? He dropped it. Hit him in the numbers. It was right there. So you can be as fast as possible. I mean, there's a guy named Jeff Janis who played for the Green Bay Packers who was uh, like the white lightning out there. There was a guy named Usain Bolt who his tryout didn't really pan out to anything. So you can be as fast as possible. He was pretty fast. I think worldly fast. Yeah, would, he was all right. Would you consider Devontae Adams a burner? No. So, no. okay, you can. You don't have to be a burner to be, you know, good. Look at Marquez Valdez-Scantling. The guy has all the speed in the world. But, my God, he struggles at catching the ball at times in big moments. No, he does pull through once in a while as well. So, okay, there's something that's up in the air. As Rodgers receivers lead the league in average yards of separation and average maximum speed on catches. I would say the average yards of separation solely comes from Devontae Adams. And then a little of uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling burning by someone. Uh, Second-year head coach and play caller Matt LeFleur is helping Rodgers with schemes that rely heavily on pre-snap motion and play action. Okay, I would say yes, Matt LeFleur has done very well with his scheme and his philosophy. I think uh, something him and Rodgers kind of have mind-melded on and have uh, done very, very well. Would you consider Matt LeFleur Rodgers' supporting cast? Do you consider the head coach a supporting cast? No. I'm with RJ. If you're just looking at it strictly as supporting cast, you probably are just talking about running backs, receivers, and tight yeah. ends. And I mean, this is this is the argument they bring up of why this myth is wrong. And then they have this, the last one. This article. I'll tell you in a second. Uh, then their last <laughs> one, it says, Green Bay is running play action on 32% of its plays. It's the highest such figure in Aaron Rodgers' career. Also, play action, not a supporting cast. No. And then the final sentence here, or two sentence, if you want to say Rodgers is having a better year than Mahomes, fine. Well, he, he is. is. And everything except yards, right? Yeah. But the idea that he's carrying the Packers by himself just isn't supported by facts is the final sentence. Of, All right. Uh, so this. now you switch it from supporting cast to he's not carrying it by himself. That's two totally different arguments. <laughs> so is Aaron Rodgers, does he have... Okay, so earlier today in the show, I think you were listening because I think you messaged it on Twitch. We had Kyle and Stoughton call in and say he got into an argument with a guy, one of his buddies. His buddy proclaimed that the Packers have equal or just slightly greater skill level uh, players than the Kansas City Chiefs. They don't. No, they definitely don't. That'd be like at every position you'd have to have a coin flip. (laughs) Would you rather have Big Bob? Or Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Uh, sorry, sorry, Tunyon. And like, would you would you take any tight end over Travis Kelsey? No, no. <laughs> Maybe a, a healthy George Kittle. Maybe a yeah, healthy yeah. George okay, Kittle. there you go. That's it. Yeah. That's that's the list. Yeah. I would take Kelsey. Yeah. And then I mean, Kittle. You're you're. No offense and to Tunyon. It's not but... like Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill play the same position. Well, if you're talking strictly wide receivers and what they can do on the field when you get them the football, I'll you could the even Chiefs. you you could even make an argument that uh, 
Now, Devontae Adams, probably the best wide receiver in football. Definitely had the best season this year. Yeah. Yep. Him and Tyreek Hill, you could even argue as being like a draw. Yeah. Just because of how explosive Tyreek Hill is with Patrick Mahomes, I would still give the edge to Devontae Adams. But still, that's closer to a draw than Bob Tunyon and (laughs) Travis Kelsey. (laughs) No kidding. I mean... Travis Kelsey is a was he rowdy a six time Pro Bowler six time Pro Bowler. Now I know Tunyon should have been a Pro Bowler this year. He got snubbed for Evan Ingram yeah. for some reason. Some but reason. Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I bet you even casual Packer fans couldn't even tell you how many le- years Robert Tunyon, aka Bobby Tunyon, has even been in the league. They probably still call him Tanyan. Ta- Tanyan. I had to think about Tanyan. that for a second. Tanyan. It's Tunyon, like Funyan. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, Na- name okay. change years into the NFL. Some, yeah, sometimes name changes help. But uh, <laughs> sometimes they don't. You, you can just go do right not. down the line. <laughs> Edwards Hilaire was explosive until he had that injury early in the season. Then they brought in Le'Veon Bell, who I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's not a he's not a bad guy to be your second option. No, no Le'Veon Bell, <laughs> former former three time Pro Bowler. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Former, former, uh, probably, arguably the best running back in the league who held out and sat out for a whole year. Yeah. All right. So with yeah, I mean the Chiefs' head and shoulders have more skilled players. You know, you can even throw in the knees and toes. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, and everything <laughs> in between, baby. Even Sammy Watkins and all the demons that he's faced. Dude, he's a wild boy. That's a lot of demons. I think he's. I think he's a guy that's a, a big uh, believer in the lizard people. Oh. I'm not even kidding. Did you read that one article yeah, about him? Yeah, it's wild. No. He's wild. He's a wild boy. I, I, you have, I love to it. take 15. Just, okay. I love it. I was reading the article. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. yes. It's like this yes. dude is this dude is like, if you think Kyrie Irving is a is a is a wild boy, you go look at Sammy Watkins and what he's got to say. Thing you're like, yeah, I'm here for this dude. Give me this. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, believe- if I remember correctly, that's like an article where he's like talking about fighting demons, like. In like, his own mind, like every day, oh, like literally fighting, de- like yeah. like there's demons okay. and like, karma and stuff like that. Like literally karma. fighting demons that like only he can see. It's like, dude, you might a couple of years ago, a couple of decades ago, they would have put you in a straitjacket and electrocuted your brain. Yeah. Now we're just like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All yes. right, let's see where this goes. Now he's so brave and so stunning. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so brave and so. Stunning. Well, even yeah. they even have celebrated Hardman. Who plays a little bit in the slot and in the return game? Pro Bowler. Yep. Packers can't even find a returner. <laughs> yeah, I uh, mean they've found some. They hey, just Tavon can't Austin find one a- that can hold on to the ball. Tavon Austin is a Pro Bowler, if I remember correctly, boys. But my God, did he fumble that ball real good? Saw that. And not in a good way for the Packers. Good uh, way for the uh, Bears. No, who, no, yeah, you no, definitely no, have to read no, that article, no. though. Okay. Yeah, I would highly suggest it. Is this it. like a relatively new article? Or I, I think it was uh, came out the Super Bowl. Yeah, before okay. the Super Bowl last year. Oh, hang on a second here. I don't think Tavon Austin was a Pro Bowler. Now that I look into it here, <laughs> how about the research department? Research on department it? just tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Hang on a Let's second, there, fella. There, Hang boss. on a second, there. I don't think he is." <laughs> NCAA is going to be enough about Forrest freaking Gump. Um, the NCAA is going to bubble yeah. up in <laughs> Indianapolis. I like the idea, RJ. You said it was a good thing. You could like, do you want to see them do this? more moving forward if we ever get to some sort of normalcy back in this world? I mean, if you think about it, it, I think it could make everything a lot more attendable. Is that a word? Attendable? I mean, would they even let you attend it? No. I Wouldn't it make it harder to attend since there's only... Or are you talking about... Moving forward, you still get your sessions and all that. Okay. But think about it. I'm thinking. A lot of people aren't going to go... From site to site to site as a team moves on. Some yeah, of them are like, be tough to do. I'm gonna. They're playing close to home. I'm pl- I'm going to this game. Uh, oh, they made it to the Sweet 16. I'm going to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight games. Yeah. Uh, or they wait until the team makes the Final Four. Now, still, a lot of people buy all the tickets and stuff like that. But you put it in one location, and you only have to get. I mean, granted. You have weeks between there, and I don't. You don't know how many people are gonna spend yeah. one month in a city. <laughs> well, the, and then but, even, I mean, if they're if they're going to the tournament rounds in general, it's not like they're they're going home to do laundry and leaving again. True. Um, it, it, it I do like the idea of it, but I also like you know 
going across country, go to different sites and yada, yada. I get it. I'm not traveling around going to all these, like following the Badgers, obviously. But if you're bubbling up and asking these kids, I know they're already doing it right now, but asking these kids to like stay in a bubble and just focus on playing basketball, but they're not. Just dribble. Then this brings up. Shut up and dribble. This brings up the whole situation of, okay, well, you're asking them to bubble up for a month or more in a one location and they don't get money. Like, I know you get your education. I know you get your room and board. I know you get your meals. To, to quote David I know from Monona. I know it's a big spot for you. They're staying in four- or five-star hotels. <laughs> I understand that. But it, it opens up a— Breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks at night. But does it not open up for. that conversation even more? They don't have to go to school. I understand that, but does it not open up that conversation more? For what? For people to say, that, hey, I'm not saying they should be paid or not paid. I'm just saying it opens up the conversation How many more. times have you stayed at a $700 a night room? Uh, never, because I'm not doing that with my money. There you go. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't spend that money on a hotel room. Athletes get I'd rather chartered go, flights. I'd rather go they in get, a tent in the park or something. They get chartered flights. They get... I understand I, this, RJ, I, but I aren't, I'm, what I'm saying is this opens up the conversation. They should be able to make money off the their con- name and image. Yeah, well, they did which that, Which they're going to be able yeah. to do. But I'm, I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying this opens up the conversation even more. They're allowing them to get paid. You can't have the school flat out pay them. Okay, I understand Cause, that. Because the school will go broke. This opens up the conversation more for it if you're asking these people to bubble up for this extended period of time. I'm not saying one or the other. I'm I feel just like that's just, an ex- that's just an excuse for the people that are pushing that narrative for them to be paid. Exactly, because you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. And what is the difference between being in one location or being in three locations throughout the next couple of weeks? True. I mean, there's really no difference. But they're going to say— You're still playing basketball in a different lo- in a particular True. location. They're going to come out and say, like, the NBA, though, you can't leave this bubble. If you do, you're going to have to sit for X amount of time, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, we'll, we'll save that. Yada, the best part. We'll save that for later because, you know, it hasn't happened yet. They're talking about it. So all 68 teams are going to come to Indianapolis and compete for the national championship. Uh, play most of the games at multiple venues in Indy, with some games in Bloomington, some in West Lafayette, but the bulk of the teams will stay in hotels connected to the Indiana Convention Center, which will be used as a practice facility as well, the NCAA yeah, said. Zach, I was talking with Zach about that yesterday, and he's like, you don't have to go outside. Like no. These hotels are all, connected, all connected, so you can walk from a hotel three blocks away, not walk outside, and you're in the convention center, and then you can walk right into Lucas. Your job is to stay inside and only play basketball. So they'll go in Indy, Banker's Life Fieldhouse, uh, what, Hinkle Fieldhouse, Indiana Farmers Coliseum will all be used for tournament games. And the Mackey Arena in West Lafayette Assembly Hall in Bloomington will also be used, the NCAA said. They said it's a, a historic moment for the NCAA members and the state of Indiana. We Com- love basketball. Yay! Here's comments from head coach Greg Gard about the tournament being played in Indiana. I think it looks from the outside like a pretty decent idea, good idea. I think keeping everybody close and minimizing just having teams that do have to fly there, it's one flight and you're not bouncing around. So it's hopefully a once-in-a-lifetime thing, you know, so nobody can really – you can't call somebody and go, hey, when you add everybody in one site, how did you do it? You know, it's just everybody's navigating uncharted waters in this whole thing. Yeah, exactly. I'm I not mean, sure it's, it's, gonna it's be uncharted. A lifetime thing. Yeah, I. I don't want to go down this road, but I don't. <laughs> I do not foresee. I don't foresee us getting to go to concerts, to sporting events, to insert thing here, like we used to do it. For quite some time, if not ever again. Sadly, I. It pains me to say that, but that's how it's trending, right? I mean, Rowdy, isn't it? RJ, isn't that how it's trending? I don't know. Ever again. I mean, it's been it's been a year almost. Oh, wow. I know. We'll see, though. Keep my fingers crossed. Uh, here's more from Greg Gard about uh, playing down in Indy. We can't replicate the NBA's bubble because it's just that's impossible. Nobody left that thing the whole time. And well. But to try to <laughs> bunker down as much as possible, I guess, is the best route. And uh, probably the best – I can't think of a better place to, to put it than, than Indianapolis. So I guess we'll see how it works. We will see a couple who, guys that leave the who, NBA bubble. Who was the guy who ordered the food? Yeah, and he went out and met his and delivery went, driver. Yeah. He like was left it, the bubble to go meet the delivery so driver. Oh, quarantine. For I don't remember. Wasn't it uh, <laughs> Lou Williams that picked up food from the strip club? 
Yeah. Yeah. There's another uh, one guy left and went to the strip club to pick up his favorite wings in the area. Yep. And I think that even was Johnny Manziel. Of yeah, course, of course, Johnny Manziel would. Johnny Manziel was, Johnny like, was like, those are the wings. Those it's are the wings. It. Best wings I've ever had <laughs> at the strip club. And then you have another guy who did like Eat Street or whatever, Uber Eats, and he left the bubble to go meet the delivery yeah. driver. And then it got so bad for some of these NBA players, they were trying to sneak in some Instagram hoes and, I'm sorry, models. And then, um, oh, don't forget the, uh, then there was a nurse. The yeah, there was a COVID 19 tester who um, Made the caught rounds. the eye, caught the eye of some of the NBA players. Uh, Greg Gard, though. I feel like it wasn't that. Well, RJ, time. desperate times call for desperate measures. <laughs> hey, I haven't seen anyone outside of this bubble besides another NBA player for weeks. How are we looking? Hey, Shirley, what's up? All right, here's more from Greg Garda trying to guys stay from COVID. We can control their athletic bubble. We can't control their social bubble, but I think our guys have been responsible. But we're only as good as the day we're in. It could all change, and, and I've said all along this thing is you can't outrun it. It's hard. You're not going to trick it. It's kind of like oxygen. It's everywhere, and you just got to be really careful to try to be conscious of where you're at and who you're around and those things, and so far, so good. So Okay, there you go. So Greg Gard now talks about as well um, what happened with the situation with Penn State. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Penn State, I know you saw it on Sunday because the Badgers were supposed to play. Penn State had to cancel or postpone, I should say, due to issues related to COVID-19. Well, today's game for Penn State against Ohio State also has now been postponed due to COVID-19. Yeah, they had two guys test positive. Yeah, it's uh, so there's another I, game. I'm guessing that is more of the question and I think I heard it's like their two best players. Yeah. Um, so when the two teams mutually agreed, I guarantee it was Penn State just be like, please, 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 Yesterday with Ohio State? Today. Or today? Yep. Well, so yesterday it was canceled. We just said that, Rhodes. Um, here is Greg Gard talking about the idea of playing with Penn State. He said they were uncomfortable. You know, I just felt very uncomfortable with the timing, the fact that there was multiple positive tests within a short time span, the fact that it was all student-athletes, the fact that we knew they had been off on break, just the information we had. I just didn't feel comfortable talking to our team doctors and also talking with their team doctors or our doctors talk with their doctors. The recommendation was that we didn't play and that we postponed it. Uh, and one more from Gardo about Penn State. Um, no, I already played that one. And so, yeah, that so there you go. I mean, Penn State, as uh, we said, then Rowdy hammered the point home. Yes, the Penn State game against Ohio State postponed, just like the Badgers game against Penn State postponed. And the one thing that also Gardo talked on that I was curious on, I think we all been too, was like, what's up with Ben Carlson? Did they say it's like an upper body injury and that's why he hasn't been playing? Is it, yeah, that's like, all I've heard. Have you heard anything else, Rowdy? Like I, no idea. But I, one for knowing stuff that's going on with the program, especially for it being like our job to talk about it, and even a step further for the fans out there that like to wager on it. Yeah, COVID has been just another excuse to not diagnose or to say what injuries are. Uh, here's Gardo. Apparently, there's no timetable like, for a return for Ben Carlson. Yeah. Well, if you look at the Badgers for football, it's like Kendrick Pryor, upper body injury. Yeah, upper body injury. That's a lot of different things. That could be mm-hmm. like I don't know a broken finger, or that could be like a broken neck. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, idea, dude. Yeah. Well, if we were talking about a hockey player, it was probably like open heart surgery or something. But he had to come back and play upper the next body day. injury. But yeah. I don't. I don't get why all of a sudden because of COVID now they don't have to disclose like injuries well yeah. they, that was before in football wasn't it? like didn't they start that like two years ago last year yeah so, well you never really have they started to. it before the covid they're like we don't have to say this so yeah we're not going it's to. like when when the game ball was putting out his his roster and his injury list and like the injury list had like mickey mouse and stuff on it yeah i know um when gambling started becoming legal in other states they're like well, we're not going to be disclosing information when it comes to our players, so good yeah. luck. Uh, here is Guard talking about Ben Carlson. And why, when's the last time he played? He played, what, like the second game of this? A month ago, yeah. Here is uh, Gardo. You know, he's working with our medical staff right now and some rehab and, and working his way back to trying to get back on the floor. But he hasn't practiced probably since you've seen him not in game uniform. So I just check in with him and check in with our medical people every day, and they give me an update. But he didn't practice. He wasn't back on practice on the practice court today at all. 
Who knows? Uh, what I do know, though, is right now it's, the game is still on tomorrow for the Wisconsin Badgers against the Indiana Hoosiers. That'll be at the Kohl Center. You know, one thing that surprises me, What's the that? amount of teams that are allowing kids to go home for break and stuff like that. Because regular basketball seasons, you're not going home for break. I don't like. I don't get it. How all of a sudden, because of COVID, you have to be allowed to go home. You weren't going home anyway. So why are you allowing a kid to go home? I don't know. To go get COVID and then come back? No, that means not, like, no, the but, potential to get COVID. Right. But more often than not, when you're allowing kids to go home, they come back with COVID. <laughs> talking some Packers. Talking some. Um... You know, Aaron Rodgers, and they're saying that uh, the myth that he does not have a good supporting cast. And uh, this article breaks it down of why Rodgers truly does, saying that uh, the narrative around him seems to be that it's only him carrying the team. When really the, the case is Devontae Adams is there, the best wide receiver in the league. Aaron Jones, uh, one of the most reliable running backs in the league, which I agree with. Uh, the offensive line ranks first in pass block win rate and well run block win win rate. Excuse me. Which yeah, the offensive line is great. Uh, losing David Bakhtiari is a big blow, a big hit. I know it was only one game against the Bears. Didn't seem like they missed him too much, but you got to think against better competition, they will miss David Bakhtiari. But they've been very good at being uh, the musical chairs of that line, and uh, you know having guys step in to protect Rodgers. And then they say why this is a myth that Rodgers doesn't have a great supporting cast is Rodgers' receivers leads the league in average yards of separation and average maximum speed on catches. And then they say second-year head coach Matt LaFleur is killing it on his play calling and that Green Bay is running a lot of play action. See, I kind of agree with what they're saying there, but then I also disagree because they're talking about who's around Aaron Rodgers. They talk about how the supporting cast has the biggest degree of separation, right? Yes. But then they also talk about Matt LaFleur. We talked about this. The offensive line, the the coach, they don't really come off as when you're talking about the the cast around Aaron Rodgers. Like, you don't think of offensive line. You don't think of the coach. You think of the receivers that he's trying to get the football to, the tight ends he's trying to get the football to, and the the running backs backs. he's either handing it to or trying to get the football to. You don't think about the line or the coach, but I will say as of like a secondary thing with why players like, I don't know, Alan Lazard, Bob Tunyon, um, MVS, some of these players are getting so open is because of Matt Fleur and how he's drawing up and designing these plays because he's scheming a lot of players open, but I wouldn't necessarily consider that because of the supporting cast. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like it. I understand what they're saying, but I don't agree with how they're they're applying it. I yeah, guess. I, yeah. No, I know. I know what you're saying. And then they're like, "If this is the part that cracks me up, the final two sentences in this uh, debunking of this myth. If you want to say Rodgers is having a better year than Mahomes, fine. But the idea that he's carrying the Packers by himself just isn't supported by facts. I feel like they're looking at the wrong quarterback, but they're saying Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, like, like dude. Aaron Rodgers is having a better year than Patrick Mahomes. It's not just a fine. That's the fact. Like you look at we 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 talked about earlier this week. You look at the MVP odds that were released on Monday. Aaron Rodgers was the clear favorite. Yep. Josh Allen was the one that hopped into second place ahead of Mahomes very slightly. Yep. Now, if someone wanted to say Josh Allen was the MVP over Patrick Mahomes, that's where I would say, okay, maybe. <laughs> like, but, let's have that conversation. But there's no doubt in my mind Aaron Rodgers was the best player on that list. I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind, right? You can go through every stat, and he's better. Besides one. And that's passing yards. But he also didn't throw it as many times. Yeah. He didn't have as many attempts. Mahomes threw his, it a lot more. His completion percentage was better. His touchdowns to Everything interception was better. were better. Everything, Everything was better. If you want to say Rodgers is having a better year than Mahomes, fine. Shut up. He even had the lesser team around him. Yeah. Unless you, I guess, listen to this myth that this article wrote about, which I think 98% of people would say isn't true. Yeah, and then the final sentence, but the idea that he's carrying, Rodgers, is carrying the Packers by himself just isn't supported by facts. Okay, well, let me ask you, if Aaron Rodgers wasn't the, I know this is, it's hard to talk about, or it's hard to, it's not hard to think about, but you'll never know. If Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback of the Packers, are they looking at 13-3 and three and number one in the NFC in the playoffs? 
Why do you even have to ask that question? Like, well, this no. guy says right here, but the idea that he's carrying the Packers by himself just isn't supported by facts. If, I would, I would if love, Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback, the Packers, are, the Packers are like maybe a wild card. I would love to ask that guy how many games he thinks this Packer team would win with Tim Boyle playing quarterback. And yeah, they're not even a wild card. They're not even making it. It's not, it's not happening. Look at what has happened in the two seasons that Aaron Rodgers was injured. We saw the carousel of backup quarterbacks. You don't ever want to see it again. No, 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 no. You did two years. No, 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 no. Yeah, it was. We were we were praying for tie. We prayed for a tie thanks to Scott Tolzien against the Minnesota Vikings, which ended up being being a reason why they got into the playoffs. Remember that a tie? Yeah, a tie. Because they couldn't find a way to win the game until win games until Scott Tolzien got a tie, and then Matt Flynn came in and won a few games. But then look at the next year. Let me ask you. What was the narrative last year about the Green Bay Packers? Wasn't it that Aaron Rodgers was carrying the team all by himself? I know Rodgers didn't have as good as the year as he did this year, but wasn't it Rodgers? Rodgers timely passes, still still trying to figure it out, but still had like vintage Aaron Rodgers moments. Wasn't it Aaron Rodgers is the one leading the way? One of the things that I and remember then there was from, some Aaron Jones from last year too. was the big bump in defense. Like the Smith brothers were such a huge thing last year. Yeah, but offensively, wasn't it? Wasn't it like oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones. Okay, so isn't it exactly the same roster, essentially? Pretty much. But now it's not Rodgers carrying it. Now it's, you know, he has a supporting cast, despite it's the same supporting cast, essentially, last year that it is this year. Well, if you look at who they added to his supporting cast, Devin Funches opted out. Yeah, he's not doing anything. A.J. Dillon, one big game. Really nothing else besides yeah. that one game. And if Jamal Williams isn't hurt, I don't think we even see A.J. Dillon. But he was, he was yeah, and he was even on the... You look at tight end. Yeah. Jay Sternberger was a guy that a lot of people, including myself, thought would take a step this year. <laughs> Sometimes you would wonder if he's even on the roster. I kind of forgot about Jay Sternberger. Yeah, because, <laughs> because he hasn't done anything. It's been Bob Tunyon. And, and then you, I think even Mercedes Lewis has had a better season than Jay Sternberger. Yeah, Mercedes Lewis, I think, has three touchdowns. And then. Big dog. Uh, Josiah DeGuara obviously goes Don, out yeah. with a season ending injury. He hasn't really brought much to the supporting cast of Aaron Rodgers. When he went down early in the season. I mean, they season. got Tavon Austin. What did he do? He fumbled the ball. And he had one catch, I think, for seven yards. He's been, he's been very minimal on offense. But, I mean, he's new, obviously, so, you know, get him acclimated. You look at their It's the other, same team. Yeah, you look at their other picks. It was defensively or John Runyon, who's been a, a good alternate offensive lineman to fill in. Yeah. And then other than that, what was it? It was two other offensive linemen that – one got cut and the other one's been practice squatted and is on the IR. Yep. There really isn't a and then how can we forget Jordan Love, the third string quarterback? Man, he looks good in that tracksuit. They really haven't added any pieces to that offense that wasn't already there. Yeah, they added a couple like a Rick Wagner, but like we talked about, most people really wouldn't consider that Skill, his supporting, yeah, the supporting cast. cast yeah. The supporting cast that they really added was Devin Funches, who opted out, A.J. Dillon, who had one game, and Josiah DeGuara, that's been out for most of the season. Yeah. So they, they really hadn't added anyone else to that supporting cast, and what they did add, they got a combined one game from. So last year it was Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones carrying the team. I mean, you throw in Devontae. Devontae's, Devontae Adams. Devontae's back in a big way this Devontae's year. Devontae's a constant, right? And then you have this year, it's like, well, Aaron Rodgers does have the supporting, blah, 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 blah. It's like... Well, if Aaron Rodgers isn't on this team, we're not even talking about the Packers in the playoffs. <laughs> okay. All right, so there you go. I mean, we're just trying to bust that myth. Um, I don't know, man. It's funny how the narrative changed so fast for some of these big J's in the national media. Well, What is wrong with saying it's Aaron Rodgers has found him and Matt LaFleur's mind melded, and Aaron Rodgers has, like, reborn again with this offense, and he's wheeling this team to 13 and well, three. I mean, we've seen that in a lot of different ways with some of the big J's, right? I mean, you look at the Packers season, Aaron Rodgers was a, a top three candidate for uh, MVP in the first four games. Yeah. And then he went through that stretch where he had the Buccaneer game and the Viking game in two out of three games. And you had some people saying, oof, this could be <laughs> the end of Aaron Rodgers. Maybe we got out too far in front of our skis here. I like your oof. And then all of a sudden, it was that 49ers game that seemed like that was the pivotal turning point in this Packers season where the defense started clicking. The offense now still like to pump the brake, especially in the third quarter, but was playing uh, more well-rounded games overall, yeah. like figuring out 
ways to win. The defense was stepping up in a big way. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers vaulted into that top spot. Yeah. When okay. those two games, in the two out of three games you had, it was the Buccaneers, the Texans, and then the Vikings. Obviously, the Texans are not a very good team. You you have I'm going to talk about them J- coming up. JJ Watt and Deshaun Watson that have had some We're talking about pretty, them coming up. pretty loud comments that are not good for that organization, but that Buccaneers and yeah. Vikings games. Those weren't good games from Aaron Rodgers. Those weren't ga- good games from the Packers defense. Those weren't good games from Matt LaFleur and just the even the defense did not look good. Yeah. Like, nothing was really good about those games outside of one and a half quarters. Pretty much between both of them. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll keep talking about moving forward. Um, you did bring up some things I did want to talk about, Rowdy. Uh, we got our guy. <laughs> yes. Well, what I was going to say is that that narrative change for those two games was a big time narrative change from MVP to maybe this is why they drafted Jordan Love to back to MVP in literally like a three week span. <laughs> I see what she's going at. Rowdy, with the playoffs. The super wild card weekend that is. It's been, God, how many years since the Cleveland Browns have been in the 18. playoffs? 18. 18 years. 18. And if you're a Browns fan, very long years of waiting to get into the playoffs. And, uh, and that, being a Browns fan, you were sweating it out just on Sunday because they had to pretty much win that football game. Yep. And it was getting a little dicey at the end. It was. And okay. The, St- the Steelers were playing Mason Rudolph. And Josh Dobbs. Yeah. If, <laughs> That'd be like the Packers trotting out Tim Boyle for the for three quarters and then Jordan Love for one. <sighs> Browns did it, though. They beat the Steelers. I don't know how, like barely. But check this out. As the Browns have finally made the playoffs the first time in 18 years, trouble in Brown Town. We have a COVID-19 outbreak for the Cleveland Browns, so bad, in fact, that their head coach is now going to be that position for the game coming up potentially is going to be what their special teams coordinator, their like their assistant coach on special teams, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Kevin Stefanski, has tested positive for the Rona, and so have a couple other uh, members on the on so two coaching staff members, two players, in addition to their head coach. Now it's going to be their 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 special teams coordinator, Mike Prefer, to serve as their acting head coach. And then it gets worse for the Cleveland Browns as their game coming up against the Steelers uh, on Sunday. Now two players for the Cleveland Browns are cited for drag racing. Quote, we are aware of the incident and will gather more information and handle this matter appropriately, a team spokesman said. So not only do they get hit with a COVID-19 outbreak from their head coach, two other staff members, to two players, now they have two other players a day later getting busted for drag racing. According to a police report, the two players uh, were pulled over this was a uh, left tackle Jedrick Wills and wide receiver Rashard Higgins. Two, especially the offensive lineman. Yeah, he was a uh, one of the better top picks in the draft last year. And Higgins is a role playing wide receiver. Those are two players you wouldn't want to miss. No, the two were pulled over just before nine. I'm sorry, eight thirty in the morning. Each were written a one hundred and twenty four dollar ticket. Police also then conducted a probable cause search. <laughs> And one of the vehicles, uh-oh, marijuana. Police conducted a probable cause search in one of the vehicles for a suspected marijuana joint. How would you know that? Uh, according to a report, and police didn't specify which vehicle had the joint, but, oh, they say neither Higgins nor Willis was cited for it, uh, but they did not say how fast they're driving, but they were drag racing. I don't. I, I assume I they're going the to problem, play. I think the problem was you were drag racing at 8.30 in the morning. Yeah, I, I feel like that's rush hour, right? If you're in Cleveland, like, where are you drag racing at 8.30 in the morning? I know on the belt line here at 8.30, it's like it's like gridlocked. Where, where the hell are you drag racing? I, obviously, they missed the early Fast and Furious movies where it was like <laughs> the drag racing and doing that type of stuff at night, right? So right now, drag <laughs> racing was their left tackle, Jedrick Wills, and their wide receiver, Rashard Higgins, testing pot. So those, you know, two offensive guys. Was Ludacris at the scene? Luda. 
Ludacris, what's his Does he still go by Luda? What happened to Ludacris? Uh, but the Browns, <laughs> they're also, so those two guys on offense, drag racing, busted. And then I, I don't know if they found marijuana or not. If they did, who cares? And then uh, their wide receiver, so their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, their wide receiver, Hodge, and their Pro Bowl guard, Joel uh, Bettino, Bettino, all tested positive for COVID-19, and they will not be playing for Sunday's playoff game against the Steelers. And this is coming off just a couple of weeks ago. The Cleveland Browns had like four receivers out due to COVID <laughs> and COVID oh tracing. So who knows if the Cleveland Browns have any more players pop up with COVID-19 or have to sit out due to COVID tracing between now and Sunday. Yeah, unbelievable. For the first time in 18 years, your team finally makes the playoffs. And what happens? COVID-19 rears its ugly head on your organization. And then two other guys are like, you know what I want to do this morning? What, get breakfast? <laughs> no, 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 no. Drag race. Cleveland Browns must with, not have- With weed. Cleveland Browns must not have had the same message as Aaron Rodgers did to his teammates. Don't, Don't get, get COVID. COVID. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about that coming up because the Packers have a longer stretch of what's going to happen. You also brought up the Texans. J.J. Watt, Deshaun Watson. Interesting video released yesterday of J.J. Watt talking to Deshaun Watson. I want to bring that up as well. But yeah, Cleveland Brown fans, you wait 18 years to make the playoffs. Just like the Packers have waited... Well, what, nine years now for home field advantage in the playoffs? Browns wait 18 years. Packers waiting nine years for home field advantage in the playoffs. What happens with the Browns? They get COVID-19 and guys drag racing, smoking some Jays. So it's kind of cool. Packers, they got extra time off. Last time I checked, there's this thing called COVID-19 out there. Rowdy, if you're a Browns fan, how you feeling today? I saw a mix. Sick. I, I saw a mix between some of Brown's Twitter from what I saw. Happy to make the playoffs, but then also at the same, there's also another division going, of course this happens to us once we make the playoffs. <laughs> oh, man. Woo-hoo. Oh, I got to talk to our guy, Danny Cunningham, who used to work here. He's from Ohio. He's a giant Browns fan. I texted him yesterday. I said, what's the vibe on the Cleveland Browns right now? And he just said... As I just said, sick. Not in a good way. Speaking of Packers, and we were talking about the Browns who had a COVID-19 outbreak. How would you like to – does Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, I don't think he's going to be able to coach because of the Rona. They're turning to their special teams coordinator to be their head coach. Isn't and, that a weird – in like, my like, opinion, like a how? special teams coordinator all of a sudden becomes your head coach? Could you imagine if the Packers – uh, we'll Sean say, Meninga? Yeah, all of a sudden Sean Meninga oh, is now the head up. coach, or even in the past, Ron Zook. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I like want to vomit thinking about it. And uh, hopefully, well, not hopefully. Not we Sean know Meninga. No, Cleveland's got to have better special teams than the Packers, so maybe he's a little bit uh, more qualified. Well, also getting a step up into a major role after the Browns lose Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, former friend, Green Bay Packers, good buddy with Aaron Rodgers, Alex Van. Pelt. He's getting called up too, Rowdy. I mean, he's already on the staff. Yeah, supposed to fill in as OC, correct? Calling the plays? Yeah, so Alex Van Pelt, who has uh, you know, helped Rodgers along in his career, is going to be helping out Baker Mayfield even more so with calling I, plays. I think this could be a big issue for Cleveland. Obviously, your Stefanski was, if you remember correctly, the big-time OC that came into Minnesota and kind of helped turn that Minnesota offense yeah, around yeah. where they were like, okay, we're going to run the football. We're going to make this easier on Kirk Cousins. And he kind of took that philosophy and brought it to Cleveland. That's why you saw Nick Chubb getting a lot of carries. Yeah. You saw Kareem Hunt also getting a lot of touches, and they had that two-running-back tandem. Yeah, that, it, it makes he, it, he, he's a good offensive mind. It, it makes it easier on Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's now, a reason why they're in the first time to play for 18 years. I mean, he's a part of it. Yeah. You know? Now all of a sudden, you see some of the, you some you see some of the problems with Minnesota since he's left. I feel like you could see some of those same issues with Cleveland. Now I know it's it's guys that are on his staff and that have been there all year. 
But this is a playoff game. Well, it's and the not, first one in 18 years. Not many, I'm sure, of these Cleveland Brown players have played in a playoff game. It's that Dude. much different. You have a Steelers team that is historically in the playoffs. They know what to expect. They have Mike Tomlin. They have Ben Roethlisberger. They've been there, got done the pieces, that. Him. And now all of a sudden you're calling up your special teams coordinator to be the coach and you're <laughs> And your uh, what is it? Quarterbacks coach OC is yep, now you're out. he's now calling plays you because got, the head coach you got isn't. Pro Bowlers out because of COVID. Now you got guys drag, drag racing. If you are the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield still having a little uh, heated battle in exchange with Colin Coward. Yeah, it's like, dude, do what the Packers do. Put the blinders on. Uh, and get off the social media so, like Roger does, and just focus, man. So before that game. I believe that that Cleveland Brown, or before this game, before all this news came out, I believe that Cleveland Brown Pittsburgh Steelers spread was three and a half, yeah. where the where the Steelers were favored. Now knowing that the receiver, the Pro Bowl guard, and the head coach are all out, that that line had moved to uh, six. Yeah. So obviously that's two and a half points. I think potentially that guard, Pro Bowl guard, may be worth a half point, but I feel like a coach. Could potentially be mo- worth more than two points. Yeah, I wonder right? what the line. Yeah, how the coach would affect the line. Because I mean, Mike McCarthy. Yeah, at, big at Mike. The, at the end of big his Mike. at the end of his tenure, was struggling to get the players. I don't think he had a good feel with the locker room. I think that was pretty evident. But oh, yeah. we all know that Mike McCarthy had a lot of success in the NFL. Hell yeah, he did. He's highly did successful. We, did Rowdy? we forget what Come happened on, when they had the interim coach Joe Philbin? Oh. That was the opposite of, of highly people, successful. A lot of people can't unsee that Detroit game. Let's just state the facts. I mean, I'm a highly successful NFL head coach. Yes, you are, Big Mike. You know who's not? Gentle Joe Philbin and as a head coach. I, I'm sure it's happened, but I can't remember a time at the top of my head where all of a sudden in the playoffs or randomly during the week, yeah. you have a different coach all of a sudden becoming the head coach. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it's almost like a, a new thing here. But it is COVID times, and we'll see how it plays out. But I, I just don't think this is going to go too well for the Browns.